0: Welcome to Good Patron, a production of UTR Media. I am your host, Garrett Godfrey, and on this show, we will explore what it means to be a good patron, asking how each of us can be a good patron of the bands and musicians we appreciate. I'm glad you're here, so stick around because we have got some exploring to do. If you've listened before, you know that I'm going to share some crowdfunding campaigns and pre-orders, and you also know that I'll cover one way you can be a good patron and issue you a challenge. But first. I'd like to tell you about our Spotlight campaign. Back in the early 90s, there was an amazing indie pop band out of North Carolina. They used to go by the name Urban Edge, then changed their name to Two Pound Planet. And they did some recording work with Mitch Easter. Yeah, that Mitch Easter, who produced the early REM albums and was the frontman for the band Let's Active on an early album titled Songs from the Hydrogen Jukebox. Anyway, one of the band members of Two Pound Planet was also a fan of the 77s, and that ties into how this band in North Carolina and that album, produced by Mitch Easter, ended up on Alternative Records, which at the time was home to Sacramento artists 77s and Steve Scott. And this album, Songs from the Hydrogen Jukebox is being remastered and reissued right now by Low Fidelity Records. By the time you're hearing this, the campaign may already be live on Kickstarter. It launches September 8th, and I wanna share with you my conversation with Randy Layton from Alternative Records all about this project. But first, here's a clip of their song, No Room, so you've got an idea what this album sounded like. Here's my conversation with Randy Layton from Alternative Records. So were there any moments, like any favorite moments back then when you were releasing and promoting it? Because, um, I mean, Songs from the Hydrogen Jukebox is a solid album. I mean, I just, I dusted off the CD and I also listened to the tracks that you sent with some of the extra tracks. And it is just such I mean, song after song after song. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this song. You know, I I used to listen to this in our little apartment in Fort Wayne in the mid '90s, and like it, it immediately took me back. Any any favorite memories or moments from when you were just kind of pulling that together and promoting
1: it? Well, I mean, one you, just just because I was such a huge Mitch fan, because he'd done you know the first two rm albums, he had done. You know a bunch of albums, uh, including his own band, let Active, and, uh, and, and if you're not familiar with those albums, like you need to be. But just really, really great stuff. And I, the opportunity to actually even be, you know, somewhat associated with with, with a Mitch record was, was like uh, you know a dream. So that was sort of the, you know the the gateway into. It. But you know, you also have to have the songs and, and you have to have the material, you know, where it doesn't matter who produced it. And these guys had it, you know, they, Mitch did, you know, I think he kind of, you know, gave me some polishing studio, certainly knew some sonic things to, to make it really, really, you know, fly. But those arrangements were, were the bands, you know, the songs were the bands and all that. So my impression when I, when I first heard the album, what we were going to do, although I was going to revise it and stuff, was that, you know, I was amazed at the guys this young, because they were all in their early 20s, you know, could come out so fully formed and make this great album. Well, of course, and then I find out that they've been making demos for probably five or six years prior to that at Urban Edge. So they had a lot of experience in, in learning song craft and, and recording uh, and playing live. So by the time they, they did the jukebox, I mean they were really ready for you know the next level. And then and then at what? So after it came out, um, I was happy you know the to, to get it airplay again back back in the south uh, primarily on uh, on CMJ. Got some nice press out there. I got it out internationally through through some distribution things. So it was nice to get that done. It just didn't do the level that I wanted it to do because things just kept falling through. And then from that point on, I'm just, you know, chasing one stops and any way I I could find to, to get redistributed. So, uh, which was, which for a Christian label, if I was that purely, it it was, it was pretty simple, you know, go to Spring Arbor and get it through, you know, CBA because I already had it in there. But to get it out into, you know, regular stores, much tougher because the U.S. is a huge place. (laughs) And so, you might have one region covered with one distributor, but then you got to chase somebody else to get, you know, the West Coast or the South or what have you. So it was a lot tougher. And I probably spent the majority of my time as a, as a company seeing my friend that point on trying to get that part done.
0: So it was just constantly chasing chasing all those different companies. Yeah,
1: so it just didn't work out as well as it should have. And I mean, as Jerry and I just kind of chatted between ourselves about it, um because we never had really done a, you know, quote unquote postmortem on it over the years. You know, I mean, the label, I mean, that, the album was pretty much done. I just had them you know, redo, I had the art redone, and we added some new material to it, and I had it newly remastered, and, you know, it really looks and sounded a lot better than the original. And it was a record I was ready to roll out. Uh, but it wasn't like their next record, and I mean... Yeah, it's being re- re- re-released, but they'd already put it out there as sort Urban of Edge, you know, with this other version, and also got an airplay in press. So they were really kind of pointing towards the next album, which really didn't happen. There was, you know, the EP thing, but that was like a stopgap idea. And then it was supposed to be, you know, another album you know, with their new direction and all that, but that just never happened. It just kind of wound down by that point, and I wound down by that point. You know, and I did the occasional samplers here and there to kind of close up shop, but that was that was pretty much it.
0: So on this new remaster reissue, it's, it's low fidelity, which means it'll have exceptional quality and attention to detail. Can you tell me a bit of what you have planned for it?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the reason why, I mean, originally, three years ago, when we talked about this, we were going to do it ourselves. And... You know, there were just so many thoughts and starts with the idea, and plus I was telling the answer, and it was like, you know, I am not thinking if I can really do this on my own. And nobody else is working, and, you know, they have lives and kids and everything else. So it just eventually, I, I came back to it a few months ago and just said, well, why not have, you know, low-fidelity do it? They, they, You know, I love the standard of work that they do. would do it as a code thing, so that's kind of what we're doing. So my, my name's on there as well as theirs. But he's going to do most of the of the facilitating of getting that out there and make sure that you know, record gets crossed and all that. Because I just do not possess the energy anymore to do all that. You know, even if I didn't, even if I wasn't ill. You know, when I did all that stuff back in the '80s, you know, I was young and I could work on album projects and run a run a music store full time and do radio and put on shows and raise kids. And I could do all that once, yeah. you know. And I don't know how I did it when I look back, but vision and enthusiasm and youth are all probably equal partners in that. So I'm really fortunate to have Low Fidelity on board for that. The challenge with this project is that, you know, we're because of the history of the project, you know, we're appealing to pretty disparate groups. There are, there are going to be people that buy anything that I put out as a label and, you know and bought that and loved it and are all for it. But on the other hand, we have a ton of people from the other side that, you know, came at from the college indie point of view when they were young and loved the album and and Mitch Easter's name still carries, you know, some weight in terms of, of that era of time. So a lot of you know Mitch what well, we call midchecks before yeah. they're really into what they're doing are going to be buying the album based on that, and also based on and also just based on the fact that they bought the album. bought the album originally. that's yeah. all the band play a lot as well. So when I market this, it's going to all these different groups. You know, the power pop guys, and you know, the low fidelity side, the seven side. Uh, the individual members will do stuff. Uh, hopefully, Mitch will be on board as well uh, to do some things. So, yeah, cool. It's it's a different kind of project, than I think what they've done before in terms of both fidelity. Oh yeah, yeah, and, sure. Um, and so it's going to be interesting. But you know, we're only doing 300 albums, so it's it's not like there's a, there's a ton of them available. So it is limited. Yeah. And um, that's that's what I wanted to do. So there are no plans, you know, if there's more to press more. I mean, right now it's just let's get this out to people that really want it. Uh, you know, the C D and whatever else we make like, available eventually through Bandcamp will be a different story. But the vinyl piece long wanted that to be special. I considered even numbering them, but it winds up being kind of a pain these things. So
0: it's a lot of work.
1: <laughs> well I don't think we're gonna do that. But Anyway, uh, and it'll be on you know, three different uh, uh, you know vinyl colors as well, including uh, green, which is the one I wanted. And there'll be uh, I think a black one I and mean, some kind of a multi swirl thing. Um, yeah, so that's what we're looking at. And uh, you know, it's going to be the original album concept spread over four sides. But we're adding a bunch of material to it that had never been out before that Mitch also produced things like I like, like probably sent Yeah, like acid those album. are
0: some great extra tracks.
1: Those kind of songs, uh, you know, are, 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 are going to add to them. So uh, then there'll be a separate CD that will be primarily just stuff people haven't heard. And there's a bunch of those. And uh, there'll be, I believe, a scrapbook sort of thing and the T-shirt, and I believe that's it.
0: So of those, of those different reward tiers and perks and things, any particular one that you're the most excited about?
1: I mean, well, this all started as a vinyl thing. Yeah. You know, it was like, look, before I die, I'd like to have this come out of vinyl. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it started. And it was just going to be the original concept, or at least the one that I had put out in vinyl form. And, you know, people were sort of excited about that, but then we, we all got busy with different things in our lives, and it just kind of kept coming and going, you know. Also trying to figure out like what what happened to the masters and you know getting that figured out and so on and then finally at some point it just kind of grew into the into kind of wrapping it around Mitch so kind of co title it that's the proper term Uh, you know the the Mitch Easter sessions it's it's sort of, sort of tying in just at a certain time frame, yeah you know for the band so it's it's jukebox still but it's also with some really cool extras and uh, there are things that could need to be squeezed on the vinyl that will be, you know, part of the CD or or, or the down. Um, I didn't want to just reissue the CD again. That didn't make any sense to me. I think everybody that likes the band pretty much has a CD. You know, there's there's plenty of them out there. So the idea is, is to just come out differently maybe than a lot of the campaigns. And that is, yeah, there's a remaster that you can download, but that will be the vinyl remaster. And uh, and then the rest of it's going to be remastered or mastered for the first time. Um, all these various you know sessions and and, and demos uh, that haven't been out.
0: I'm excited to hear what it's going to sound like. I mean, it's
1: yeah. So we've like snuck out of some of those things, you know, like passing on and whatnot over the last couple of years. But you know. There's still a lot that people haven't
0: heard. Very cool. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Take care. Talk to you later. Bye. And one more clip. This is from the song Ricochet Radio. Here is where I figured I would tell you all about the tiers and the levels and the options. But apparently, the Kickstarter algorithm had issues with the word hydrogen. So the campaign didn't launch on September 1st, like expected. Also, the podcast In the Corner, Back by the Woodpile, put out by Spun Counter Guy, did a fantastic interview with Jerry Chapman from the band and Randy Layton. You absolutely should check that out. When this episode is over, but be sure to head over to Kickstarter and search for Two Pound Planet or Hydrogen Jukebox to see if it's live yet. This campaign will probably close the first part of October.
2: This UTR Media podcast is sponsored by the solo debut album from Oregon-based recording artist Luke Lillard. God stayed in the mud and made a life down there with us. This Dirt Made Lord by Luke Lillard is a folk-tinged project in partnership with Renew the Arts that features songs born out of grief and struggle and ultimately restoration. This Dirt Made Lord by Luke Lillard is available now on Spotify and all major music platforms.
3: Oh, what a year 2020 has been so far. And if music has helped you survive this year, then you might want to sport our latest UTR t-shirt. Now, we created this t-shirt exclusively as a thank-you gift for our Giving Tuesday Now campaign. And that campaign is now over. However, we ordered about 10 extra t-shirts, and we would love for you to have a chance to get one of these for free. Now, you just sign up at our website, and there is a favor we ask of you, but it's at no out-of-pocket cost to you. This is a very limited edition t shirt, so it's only while supplies last. So go check it out, get the details, and sign up at utrmedia.org. This UTR Media podcast is sponsored by the new EP from Washington State recording artist, Civilized Creature. Water and Light by Civilized Creature is an electro-synth-pop release in partnership with Renew the Arts that's rooted in faith and hope. He did, he did it back then, he could do it again Heart of stone turned back in the flesh once again He did it back then, he could do it again He did it back then, he could do it again Water and Light by Civilized Creature is available now on Spotify and all major music platforms.
0: And we're back. So what's one way you can become a good patron? I know it's going to sound surprising right now with the whole world still on some form of restraint or social distancing, but host a house concert, or at least sign up to host a house concert. For a number of indie artists, especially indie artists that wouldn't have enough draw to fill a concert venue, house shows have proved to be a significant way to connect directly with their fans, while also providing some revenue in post-CD purchase slash streaming era. And even now, there are artists who are traveling, doing shows for small crowds and safe, distant backyard concerts all across the country. I know I've personally loved attending house concerts over the years. If it wasn't for my friend Mark and his friend Brent, I wouldn't have seen Bill Maloney and his wife Mariah in an intimate house concert. I wouldn't have had the chance to see The Vespers, in an amazing backyard concert, or been introduced to local musician Amber Hunter. But I don't want to just encourage you to consider hosting a house concert. I want to encourage you to get involved with a specific coast-to-coast hosting network you see just last week dave trout founder and president of utr media announced something really exciting he and renew the arts are working together to launch in the very near future a coast-to-coast hosting network and since this falls right in line with being a good patron of the arts we are excited to have dave on as a special guest to tell us more about it so dave you you talked to me about a house concert network why is that something you want to build right now?
3: I, I think that uh, the year 2020 has sort of robbed us of so much, <laughs> and and a lot of people have been affected in various ways. And one of the big ways has been the music scene, and and I say that in in terms of artists, in terms of venues, in terms of just music fans and consumers who who, I mean can it's hard to imagine a year where you, where you basically can't go to any live concerts for most of the year. And this is what we found ourselves in right now. And so, so really the time is perfect to build something new and different with the, really the, the vision of creating the safest way to experience live music nationwide. Uh, I think that, you know, you can have, controlled size groups at at house concerts. Oftentimes um, you may even be able to use the backyard or an outdoor setting um, where some, some indoor music venues wouldn't have that option. And, and frankly, I think that because, because the pandemic is sort of lingering on and on and there's this, there's this little like, waves, small waves of of increase and decrease and increase and decrease that are happening and we're not even sure when this is gonna end. I, I think that indoor spaces like, you know, places like House of Blues and music clubs and even like music bars and places like that, they're probably gonna be the one of the last things in the country to open, which is gonna make it hard on musicians to actually get out and tour. But if we have a house concert network ready to go right when it's safe for artists to tour in a socially distanced way then we can be right at the cusp of an important time in history when we can really kind of ramp up live music once again at a time when everything else might even still be shut down
0: so this isn't a new idea for you either is it this not not something you just thought of because of the pandemic
3: <laughs> Uh, Not exactly. No, I I probably have been, it's probably been something I've been thinking about and talking about actively for, I don't know, seven or eight years, asking a lot of questions of artists, of, um, I've personally organized or hosted probably 30 or 40 different house concerts through the years. So I have a little bit of experience of trying it, seeing what works, seeing even some like business models of what works for artists and the hosts and things like that. And uh, I'll be honest, like all those ideas never really got off the ground. And it's been just something I've been dreaming about and thinking about for a long time, and and wasn't totally sure that I saw a clear path to make it happen. Really, until uh, I connected with another organization that I'm really good friends with called Renew the Arts. They are just great people doing fantastic work. And I'm really excited that they said, we have the vision to build a house concert network as well. And they actually kind of came to me to ask me some questions. And I was like, I've been thinking about this for years and years, but haven't really found a clear path to make it happen. And so really putting our heads together has allowed us to to see this to fruition. So I'm just really grateful for for their, you know, excitement about it too, because it's really kind of reinvigorated this thing I've been thinking about for a long time.
0: So when you when you said earlier that you kind of participated in some others as well, I know there have been some other networks that have tried to do this before but they've either failed or stalled out how will right. this one be different and what what would it look like how would it work yeah.
3: i think i think one really big difference and, and one of the re- one of the reasons why i kept stalling out on the idea is because it's a really big idea it's it's kind of ambitious and so and so you don't want to make mistakes you don't want to like create a business model and then realize a year into it oh, I'm, do, I'm like doing the wrong business. I'm like charging the wrong people the wrong things. And so I didn't want to just go into it and kind of try to fix it while I went because I thought it's too big of a project to make a, a blunder like that. And in this case, because UTR Media is a nonprofit organization, Renew the Arts is a nonprofit organization, we can go in this together looking at this as... A profit endeavor and yes there will be money involved and ticket sales involved and revenue involved and but it changes the game a bit when the end goal is not necessarily how much can we bank off of this how much like profit margin isn't the end-all be-all in fact there may be some events where we the organizations are willing to lose money because it's going to either be a great ministry opportunity or a great promotional opportunity and so we're, we're approaching this with an attitude of service that, that we, the organizations, can serve host homes, and especially the hosts, because they're the ones that are really, I know that we all go for the music, but it's the host that's the star of the show. The host is the one that, that welcomes the guests, that sets the table, that opens their home, the music happens, but the host gets to kind of sit in the back and just be like, "I, I said yes to this. This is a glorious thing," and uh, and so we want to really enable the host. Obviously, the host is enabling and serving the artist, and we're serving the artist too. And then the artist is serving the audience, and the host is serving the audience. It's like, and then the art, the audience is serving the artist by buying merch and buying the tickets. So. It's really, to us, an act of service more than an act of business, if that makes sense.
0: So when do you think you'll actually start having folks hosting concerts?
3: Really, the the main reason, one of the main reasons why we're doing this is to be ready at the earliest moment possible that artists can get out in a safe way. And there are a few artists that are traveling right now, but it's very small numbers and it's And some of those artists are not even publicizing the dates that they're performing because there is sort of a I don't know if tackiness is the right word, but it's just sort of like a there's a sensitivity to like not everybody would even be okay with us having an event like this. So, so we're we are moving fast uh, and furious, and we are we're going to begin signing up um, hosts right now, and we are going to hopefully be ready at the earliest possible moment we don't know exactly when that will be when the pandemic will sort of it's not going to go away but it might lighten up to a point where where it feels safer to travel we've sort of projected we've kind of said well what is the earliest possible time to be ready for and we're sort of saying late january early february of 2021 most other music venues will still be closed even churches um, a lot of churches won't be hosting uh, additional events, but we could hopefully have an army of hosts ready to invite musicians into their homes or into their backyards or verandas or decks or wherever and invite guests in a safe, socially distanced way, even and experience live music once again, because it's so important. It's so like vital to our souls to have live music. And uh, so we want to see it come back as soon as possible.
0: Suppose I've got a, a big enough house at, or, or a backyard and it would be open to that. And the weather is good. And I want to yeah. say, okay, sign me up. Wh- wh- where do I go? What do I do? How does that work?
3: Yeah. I mean, we're going to, we're starting to, to, um, I think that there will be artists that are going to be saying like, how do I get in on this? I like, I need, because one of the things that, that, you know, this is not just gonna serve people during the pandemic. This is, going to, this is going to meet a pain point for artists. The, the number one pain point I hear time and time again is, I need some help with booking. I need help in finding venues that will host. I have no, I don't have a network of my own. How can I, can anybody help me? And, and oftentimes artists do help other artists, but we're gonna create something broad enough and coast to coast that we can help artists at any time of the year, at any point. And obviously, I don't really know how fast we'll be able to scale this if, if like, we have a huge interest in artists, which is why uh, for the first, probably the next four or five months, we're really just going to focus on hosts. So we want to get as many hosts interested as possible because the more hosts we have coast to coast, the more artists we can serve, and the more events can happen in a given month or in a given region. And so we're uh, gonna invite people to sign up. I don't even know the exact right place to send people at this at this moment, but I'm gonna send. I'm Garrett. I'm gonna give you uh, the link to put in the show notes. Okay. Um, so that people can sign up. It basically is like a simple questionnaire, and we do not ask for any fees or membership. Again, the goal of this is not to like it's not a money making scheme. It's not a way to, you know, we're not thinking about the finances right at this moment. We're thinking more in terms of people who are willing to participate in an act of service. And one of the, one of the reasons why house concerts have failed in the past is because there's been too much pressure put on the host, too much like responsibility of, well, if, if your guests don't show up, you've got a foot, a really big bill for the guarantee of that artist. And we're going to try to do whatever we can to alleviate that pressure from the host so that, that the out-of-pocket cost for the host may just be the crackers and cheese and, and, and goblets of wine and things they put out for the guests, the actual hospitality, and not so much making them responsible for the finances of the artist and things like that. So we're trying to figure that out. Um, so but it's a very simple questionnaire. It'll take a couple minutes. We get some basic information. And, you, and it's you just saying, in a non-committal way, really, I'm interested, I want to be a part of this, keep me posted on how this develops, or if any, if any um, events are going to be happening in our area. So it's going to be a really, hopefully, easy path for people to hop on board.
0: And then come January, February, I might get an email that says, hey, by the way, he said he might be interested in hosting something in Phoenix. We've got this artist coming through from New Mexico to California. Would you be open one of these few nights?
3: Exactly. I mean, it might, and I don't even know, you know, there's some things that we're going we're gonna to have to figure out. But one thing I'm really excited about is probably for the first month or so of our launch, we're going to actually try to work with some some more marquee bigger artists um, who normally play in House of Blues or a thousand person venue, but guess what? they need places to play too and and really it at the end of the day it's it it will help be a little bit of a buzz builder for the house concert network, so we don't have any names specified yet, but there's lots of people we're talking about behind the scenes to do some marquee concerts, and then yeah. As as more artists need help finding gigs, uh, we'll be able to reach out and sort of be like a booking agent for the artist to be like, hey, we can connect the dots here and you know find the find a willing and excited host in a given area, and uh, we hope that there'll there'll be some opportunities for hosts to you know sometimes it'll just be like we can do this once a year and that's it, and sometimes there'll be a house that will be like. This is awesome. Let's do this once a month. It doesn't matter if I'm besties with that artist. Like, let's just keep doing this. Let's make it a series, you know? And so there's going to be a a wide range of commitment levels as to what people can do. And that's okay. We want to welcome everybody who's interested.
0: This is really exciting to hear. Yeah. I'm excited about A, being able to see live music again beyond just on Facebook Live or YouTube Live or something like that and b i i know from personal experience i have a friend who brought in bill maloney and his wife mariah yeah i you know same guy ended up bringing in the vespers for a back, backyard concert and the the time just spent chatting with the artist you know after the the show being able to get to know them you know and of course they they've brought a suitcase full of all their cds that are either too few to still list on the website and they're they're virtually out of out of print but they've got them on the road with them or whatever I mean it's, it's a it really is a rare opportunity to see somebody in that cozy intimate close environment you know
3: yeah and that's that's super exciting to us because we're not just building events that are going to happen like like you're saying we're building something that we've already tasted and known like these these intimate house concerts there's something magical that happens for the artist and the audience there's a connection that that doesn't happen anywhere else. And, and even though the crowds are smaller, which means potentially less revenue for the artist, less, you know, there's some trade-offs though, you know, sometimes you don't have to deal with elaborate sound checks or you don't have to deal with, you know, tour schedules where you're sitting at a venue for six hours playing your, you know, phone candy crush or something, you know, (laughs) it's like, Um, there's a lot, there's less wasted time. There's more valuable time, great conversations. And, uh, and so we're, we're really excited that something that this, something magical can happen when we have several artists doing, you know, multiple events every single month in this network, we could see it, we could see it growing really fast. And so we're going to have to, we're going to have to manage that on our own (laughs) in terms of like how we get the support we need to to make it happen. But we are definitely ready and excited to get this off the ground. And and we're both, uh, you know, Renew the Arts and and UTR Media, excited to team together on this because we definitely have a like-minded vision of just seeing creativity being cultivated and to see hearts being encouraged, renewed. And events like this are going to really, Uplift people in a major way.
0: So I know we'll have the link in the show notes, and I'm sure following UTR Media or Renew the Art on Facebook and yeah. Twitter, both of you will be spreading the word as soon as as everything is formally announced.
3: Right. Yeah, and we can. We're starting signups now, and then we'll and then we'll start announcing you know tours and events. You know, probably later this year. Actually,
0: that's so cool. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to. To help break the news.
3: <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks, Garrett.
0: Totally. So think about whether you might be interested and able to help out, then head over to utrmedia.org slash join the network and sign up. Now I've got more campaigns and pre-orders to tell you about, so stick around to find out about some opportunities you have to help some specific artists with some active campaigns and pre-orders right after this quick break. This UTR
3: podcast
0: is sponsored by the brand new album from Nashville singer-songwriter Treva
3: Blomquist.
0: Snakes and Saints by Treva Blomquist explores how to stay true to yourself while also growing in grace. The new release Snakes and Saints by Triva Blomquist is available now on Spotify and all music platforms. And look for UTR's interview with Triva at utrmedia.org.
2: One thing we've all been missing this year is live music, and with your help, we want to bring it back in the quickest and safest way possible. UTR Media is teaming up with Renew the Arts to launch a coast-to-coast hosting network where live music can once again be enjoyed in size-controlled and socially distanced ways in your living room, patio, or backyard. Be one of the first to sign up to be a host and help change the live music landscape now and for the future. And it's totally free to join. Just go to utrmedia.org.
1: Hey, Brenda, I trust your musical taste. Got some new tunes I can plug into?
3: (sighs) To tell the truth,
0: Marcus, I've been so busy. It's been a while since I picked up any new music.
1: Sounds like you and I both need to win UTR's latest contest.
0: What are they giving away?
1: Well, to celebrate the new year, UTR is giving away 2,020 minutes of music.
0: Really? Wow, that's a lot. What does that come out to?
1: It's a stack of over 45 CDs of gourmet music, and at least half of them are autographed by the artist.
0: You're right. I'd love a pile of new music.
2: Have you already entered?
1: Yep. It only takes 30 seconds. Just click on the contest link over at utrmedia.org.
2: I'm on it. But if
0: I win...
1: I'm definitely borrowing some of that new music.
0: Welcome back. On this show, I cover all the campaigns that are active right now that I think merit your attention, but if something comes out between episodes, you might not hear about it on the show. But if you follow the show on Twitter, at Good Patron, you can see what campaigns we're tweeting about all the time, even between episodes. And if you want to follow up on any of the campaigns or pre-orders I'm about to share with you, we will have the links for all of them in the episode show notes. Female-fronted rock band Fireflight have been putting out their classic brand of music for the last 20 years. Now they are running a pre-order for a new two-part album, Who We Are, The Head and the Heart, releasing October 23rd. Here is a clip of the track Ready for More from their live video listening party about a week ago, so you've got an idea what this project will sound like.
2: That I was done, but now I see that I've been silent for too long Just keep driving I roll the window down to drown the silence out And nothing's louder than the voices in my mind They say don't waste your breath, cause you've got nothing left You missed your shot and now you can't turn back the time The pleasure and the pain, the light $15
0: gets you a two-disc CD set, $25 for Pink Vinyl, and then they've got more options available. So head over to fireflightrock.com and then click on the pre-order link in the corner for all the details. Another pre-order for Vinyl Project by a band that's been around for decades is the Vinyl Project Violent Whispers by the synth-pop group The Echoing Green. So here's the deal. They're taking pre-orders now for a limited edition double vinyl release release limited to only 500 copies in white smoke vinyl. The first 100 copies will be autographed, and the included digital downloads will come with extra bonus tracks. It will have a hand-picked collection of songs from 2003 to 2018. Here is a clip from the track Let's Go from that collection, so you've got an idea what it'll sound like. The idea is to put out this collection in order to raise funds for a new record to be titled Definite Infinite. Rather than running a crowdfunding campaign for that new project, they hope there will be enough folks buying this collection that it will cover the cost of recording the next album. $40 will get you this White Smoke Double LP, and they've got other options available. Set over to echoing.green to find out more. If you were into the ska movement in the mid to late 90s, you might remember the Denver band Five Iron Frenzy. They put on wild shows and were quite popular at the time. They broke up in 2003, but got back together in 2011, and have been doing occasional shows and another album back in 2013. Well, they just launched a new Kickstarter campaign for a new album, and though their goal was $60,000, they hit that within the first hour and have already well exceeded that goal. Here is a clip from their campaign video so you've got an idea what this new material will sound like. $10 $10 gets you an early download of the album. $20 gets you the CD and download. For 35 you get colored vinyl. And there are more options available. So head over to Kickstarter and search for Five Iron Frenzy. This campaign closes Wednesday, September 30th. Now, over in Wilmore, Kentucky, there is a group of 20-somethings that attended Asbury University, live within a few blocks of each other, and have been working together as a worship collective for a few years now. They've already recorded a live worship album and a live EP under the name Brothers and Sisters. And now they've launched a Kickstarter campaign to put out a studio album. Here is a clip of one of their earlier songs, Come Awake, so you've got an idea what they sound like. $10 $10 gets you an early download of the album, 25 for the CD and download, and access to some behind-the-scenes materials, and they've got more options available. So head over to Kickstarter and search for Brothers and Sisters. This campaign closes Wednesday, September 30th. Matthew David Montgomery is not new to music. He works in music within the church, but also has released several albums, including his last project, Finger Style Hymns, that we covered back in episode 26. Now he's back with a Kickstarter campaign for a new album to be titled Psalms for Singing. Here's a clip from the end of his campaign video, just so you've got an idea what this project will sound like.
3: Your right hand holds pleasures for me evermore. Your right hand holds pleasures for me evermore. $15
0: gets you an early download of the album along with a PDF booklet. $20 gets you the CD and download, and then he has more options available as well, so head over to Kickstarter and search for Psalms for Singing. This project closes Thursday, October 1st. I really hope at least one of these campaigns or artists this episode has connected with you, and you'll follow up and check it out. If you end up backing any of the campaigns or pre-orders, or if you have any questions or feedback, Or if you want to give me a heads up about a campaign I should know about and share with everybody else, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me via email, goodpatronpodcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet and include at goodpatron, so I'll see it. Or if you're on Facebook, just go ahead and pop into the Crowdfunding Christian Music Group and share it with all of us. I am excited to keep digging into the topic of how to be a good patron, and I hope I encourage you in your journey from fan to patron. Till next time, remember, great music doesn't just happen, so get involved. Good Patron Podcast is proud to be a part of UTR Media, an independent, listener-supported, nonprofit ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and found online at utrmedia.org.